Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here during On the Block. Austin Norman and Eric Strickland with you as we go to our VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We welcome in Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Um, Evan, first things first, Husker baseball getting underway here in just about 48 hours or so. Have you ever been to the, the home field of a World Series champion before, and will you be there this weekend? Uh, I have never uh, been to a place right off the World Series championship, no. And yeah, I am going down this weekend. It's going to be uh, bright and early Friday morning, and, and we'll see how they do against much of old Big, Ten, big, uh, big 12 South rivals. Okay, we'll get to that here in, in just a sec. But with Nebraska starting the season down down in Arlington, when you look at the teams that Nebraska is playing, I guess, um, the two teams are not playing, Tennessee and Oregon. Was that just luck of the draw that Nebraska got the Big 12 South teams? Was that intentional? How did that, how did that work out? Uh, you know, those tournaments tend to kind of organize their own thing. So I know they, they try to avoid conference matchups, which so like none of the Big 12 schools are going to be playing each other. And then mm-hmm. you've got, uh, you know, the, I guess a Pac-12 still from where you're in Oregon and, and SEC with Tennessee and then Nebraska. So I think they just tried to shake it up, and that just sort of was how it uh, how it played out. But, yeah, these, these tournaments kind of do their own thing and, um, you know, try to maximize – fan interest and attendance and so I guess that's just how it turned out as you look at it from a Nebraska perspective did it work out well to where you get three pretty good pretty solid teams but not maybe the two toughest teams in the draw or would it have been nice for Nebraska to to get Tennessee or Oregon for a potential RPI boost yeah I mean it would have been fun to see how they would have fared against either of those teams I mean Tennessee was in Omaha last year Oregon mm-hmm. almost was uh, they you know came a was the Oral Roberts rally short of mm-hmm. making it uh, as well so it would have been fun to see and and you know Nebraska will be playing Oregon soon enough in the new Big Ten in future seasons but uh, you know Tech Texas Tech's going to be the marquee game on Saturday top I think they're 21st going into the season and have a few really big bats. A guy by the name of Gavin Cash and <clears throat> Kevin Bazell are going to be high draft picks as hitters this summer. <clears throat> so that's kind of the main challenge. And then Baylor um, has been a traditional power the last handful of years. They, they had a down year last year for sure. They made a coaching change. So the jury's kind of out on what they're going to do. And then Oklahoma, you know, they were in the College World Series championship round two years ago and then took a step back, made regionals last year, and they're a team that just loves to run. Mm-hmm. That's going to be their M.O. So I think in a lot of ways there there are teams that are similar to Nebraska where they've been busy in the portal, they've had some ups and downs, they have a lot of undefined roles, particularly from the pitching side of things. And so, you know, if Nebraska can figure some things out early, uh, you know, it's it's playing a handful of teams that are – 
you know, working through roles just as much as the Huskers are. When you look at working through roles, there's maybe you know no bigger spot for that than the pitching staff, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. We did get the weekend rotation, though, from Nebraska posted on social media. It'll be Brett Sears, the Friday night starter against Baylor. Then a couple lefties, Will Walsh against Texas Tech and Caleb Clark against Oklahoma. Your initial thoughts on this opening weekend rotation for the Big Red? Uh, you know, I, I thought Sears – I, I was surprised that Sears got the ball first. I thought he would be maybe a – Saturday guy, but you know he earned his opportunity with what he did in the Northwoods League in the summer, with how he competed in the fall, and then how he's thrown in the first handful of weeks of team workouts. So he's got his shot. He has had success at Western Illinois and Iowa Central before he was at Nebraska, and I think the coaching staff and and Sears himself would say that he tends to, for whatever reason, tends to do better as a starter than a reliever. And he didn't start a game last year. He came out of the pen and was, uh, you know, so-so with some some highs and some lows. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. Walsh is, you know, the proven commodity of the group. He And he was a guy going into last year who they viewed as sort of a two-way maybe a guy, maybe a midweek player, and he settled into that Sunday role. So he's earned that opportunity too. And then Caleb Clark, if you remember a year ago, was the – Sunday starter as a freshman and they gave him three weeks and it didn't go great. And Bolt said yesterday that Clark was essentially operating with like one and a half pitches at his disposal every time out. Now he has three. And so they like what he's done. He's got all the intangibles. So we'll see what kind of jump he's made. I was a little surprised that Drew Christo wasn't in that opening weekend lineup. He talked with uh, media uh, a few weeks ago when Nebraska got started, and that tends to suggest that they're high on him, and I think they still are. But uh, you know, Will said that he was a little bit maybe fatigued, uh, him being Christo, and maybe his pitches weren't exactly where they wanted uh, to be, just in terms of stuff. So he'll be in a, a reliever this weekend, and I imagine we'll see him as a starter here at some point in future weeks too. But these are the names, and I think it says something that it came down to game week, essentially, before they knew who it would be and before they told these players that they'd be out there. So, you know, the positive side of that coin would suggest that they have a lot of depth there. I think they still believe the bullpen's their strength, but now they have some names finally attached to those uh, games here to start this weekend. I'm glad you brought up Drew Christo. That's a guy that... Um... Like you said, talk to the media. We had Coach Harvell on just about an hour ago here on the airwaves, and he kept bringing up the theme of compete in a lot of different contexts. And I think to some degree that's coach speak, right? Not trying to give too much away. But I also think it's important for this Nebraska group to get back to that, you know, gritty, not pretty, competitive nature. And Evan, I think not giving Drew Christo a spot in the, the opening weekend rotation is a sign that this coaching staff is true to its word, that it wants these guys to compete, because I think a lot of Husker fans, even some MLB draft teams potentially, were kind of anointing Drew Crystal. Like, oh, he's here, he's college ready, as can be, throw him right in there. He struggled, right? We know what the talent is, we know what that right arm can do, but if he doesn't have it, I like that they're making him compete for it. You know, be over-ready for a spot in the starting rotation, instead of saying, hey, we think you're going to have it this year, go get him. I think that's fair, and maybe he's not fully stretched out. Maybe he needed a little rest or just needed to maybe see it before jumping right in. I mean, that's certainly all possible. I do think, the, you know, you say the culture maybe of the team. They've always been a, a competitive team kind of behind the scenes, but I do think that maybe ratcheted up a little bit. 
this offseason, I mean, you, you think back to last fall and they scrimmaged, they essentially had little three-game series scrimmages every week. And every time it went to three games, and I thought something that uh, Christo himself said even last month was interesting, which was every time the pitchers throw uh, this offseason, something was on the line, whether that was in live BP, whether that was in bullpen sessions, drills, scrimmages, obviously. You, you weren't just going up there to throw you were competing. And if you won, you enjoyed some sort of spoils of victory. And if you lost, you didn't. And at the, you know, the red white series last year, the winners got steaks served to them by the losers who had to eat beans out of a can, like stuff like that, where something's always on the line to simulate uh, the game environment, the game uh, stakes, that sort of thing. So I think all that plays into it. Christo to me is another really interesting example of, what we've talked about before with the Rob Childress effect with Childress back now in an on-field role, coaching, pitching uh, pitchers and like what his reputation has been about helping players harness their command is right. is exactly what Christo's looking for. He has the stuff, he has the intangibles, he has the arm strength, but the thing that's been holding him back at times has been the command part, walking batters, wild pitches, whatever it might be. And so, uh, you know, if, if, if he, and if he's simpatico with what Childress is teaching at this point, he's someone who could make a jump down the line. Um, it's I guess just this weekend though that's going to be out of the bullpen, and and maybe it'll be a different role moving forward. I saw this on Twitter, Evan. I think it applies to to Drew Christo and probably some other guys on the staff as well. But at spring training for the Nationals, their their general manager Mike Rizzo posted signs where they're throwing their bullpens. I don't care how fast you throw ball four. When you <laughs> look at this Nebraska pitching staff, the rotation and the bullpen, what's going to be the biggest area of improvement? Is it going to be the command, the control? Is it going to be improving stuff? Is it, you know, stop allowing home runs? Where does this pitching staff need to improve the most from last year? Well, first of all, it's going to be depth. That's huge. I mean, as as much as they didn't maybe know what their rotation would look like going into the season, I think the flip side of that is you have a better idea of what your midweek situation is going to be. You know that it might be some true freshman. It might be Tucker Timmerman, or it might be Ryan Harahill, or it might be uh, Tyner Horn. It could be um, you know a number of different guys. It could be Drew Christo in a midweek start. So like that's where you start, and then you take that to the back end of the bullpen. You've got multiple guys who have been college closers at other stops in their careers. Uh, The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bring in guys like guys like Rand, uh, Rand Sanders or Kyle Fralick or Casey Dice, who's going to open as the closer. Uh, you have Kyle Perry back, so you have this depth of arms in the bullpen that, at least on paper, looks deeper than what Nebraska's had in the past. Now, like something I'm writing about today that that we're going to have out before the series is one of the key stats you're going to want to look for to see if this staff is taking that jump is going to be uh, strikeouts to walk ratio. Mm. And what they're trying to do, you're trying to get as close to three to one as you can. And that's a high number. That's a high mark. I think six teams hit it last year and Nebraska has tended to be pretty good at it in large part because they limit the walks, but the strikeouts uh, have been average. You know, they've, they've been okay. And so what Nebraska has done is they brought in a number of pitchers who have stuff but maybe the command is a little bit shaky, and they're banking on Rob Childress and the staff to smooth some of that stuff out. And so that's what I'm really curious about is can guys uh, who have had swing and miss stuff elsewhere smooth out that command? And if that's the case and you continue to limit the walks the way that Nebraska has tended to the last few years, that's when you're talking about a top 25 staff. That's when you're talking about a real uh, impact depth of arms where you can move forward. And so we'll get a taste of that this weekend, I think. Certainly next weekend as they move into a four-game series and you start testing that depth a little bit more. But that's uh, one thing that I'll absolutely be watching for is what's your strikeout-to-walk ratio on the mound? Can you limit the hits to about one per inning uh, and then let your defense do the rest? We're talking to Evan Blaine of the Omaha World Herald here on our Allo VIP line. Evan dropped that nugget. Make sure you check out his story on Omaha.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at Evan Bland, OWH. You brought up a couple guys, Evan, that D1 baseball views as impact freshmen in Ryan Harahill and Tucker Timmerman, a couple of righties out of the Nebraska prep ranks. But the other guy that D1 baseball says could be an impact freshman, Case Sanderson. He's from Missouri. Uh, what do you know about him and what his role could be this year for the Huskers? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be in a timeshare at least to start at first base he's left-handed hitting left-handed throwing he has come up multiple times i'd like to ask husker pitchers kind of who some of those guys are that they don't want to face Mm. right now and um you know a couple of responses have been yeah i don't want to face case sanderson i mean he even though he's a freshman he's got an advanced uh understanding of the strike zone you know one thing that stood out that i always look for in summer stats too is like what's your command of of the strike zone in terms of walks to strikeouts and i believe last summer he was a guy as a you know an 18 year old kid going up against older college pitchers who drew more walks than he struck out i mean Mm. that's that's a huge uh positive right there that the guy knows what he's doing at the plate knows what he's looking for um obviously the the power and things like that will probably come a little bit later as he matures physically but that's somebody they like at first, to share some time with uh, with Ty Stone, who's a transfer from Iowa Western, uh, he can he can do some DHing. I think he played a little outfield during the Red White series last year. So, um, you know, typically if you're a freshman position player at Nebraska and you play right away, your career tends to go pretty well. So, absolutely, he's 
probably the guy that you look for in terms of being a true freshman who uh, could get off to a quick start. Let's take a look at the schedule here, too, Evan. We mentioned the, the non-conference games Nebraska's playing this weekend, but pretty interesting non-con slate beyond that. Four games with Grand Canyon, a few with College of Charleston. You get both North and South Dakota State, Kansas and Kansas State, along with the games against Creighton. As you look at Nebraska's non-conference games, some of them midweek, some of them weekend, what are the RPI boosting opportunities and where are kind of the pitfalls and the landmines for the Huskers? Well, I think most of the teams that you just mentioned are are good opportunities. I mean, typically like what teams have kind of come to find when they're scheduling from an RPI standpoint is you want to find some of those schools from maybe smaller conferences that tend to do well in their conferences that have good uh, win loss records. And then that boosts your own RPI. Obviously, if you take care of business against those teams, Grand Canyon has been a postseason team uh, many times in recent years. College, uh, College of Charleston has been, a solid program as well. So if you, especially on the road, if you go uh, as Nebraska into their places and split or win the series, that's absolutely going to be a boost. The midweek games that you mentioned, I mean, they added two against Kansas. They added an extra game against Kansas State, Wichita State's back on the schedule, Mm -hmm. and that's trimming down uh, from games of the past like Omaha and uh, South Dakota State uh, Northern Colorado. These are those were games that were absolute RPI drains. I mean, they were really no-win situations. You even if you won those games, sometimes you would take a hit in terms of your resume. So they upgraded their uh, New Mexico State at home. That's that's a program that's been a, a not a very good one over the last handful of years. So that's probably one still that you really want to take care of business. Uh, you still do play Omaha once. You still do have North Dakota State and teams like that from the summit that you're going to want to take care of. But I do think they made a conscious effort to uh, upgrade their schedule in the midweek. So now we talked about pitching depth earlier. They feel like they're better prepared to handle it. And now if they do handle it, the RPI benefits are going to be that much better. Good RPI in the non-conference. When you look at the conference schedule, Evan, um, Iowa, Indiana picked number one, number two in the conference. We know Maryland has a lot of turnover in that program. But Nebraska gets those three teams at home. They go to Rutgers, who's picked one spot behind Nebraska at fifth. What do you make of how the Big Ten schedule shapes up for Nebraska as we get later into March and April? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think the home portion uh, definitely is where they can make some hay, like you mentioned with Iowa and Indiana. You know, one one number that blew me away as I was looking back on last year, they played one game at home all season uh, conference or non-conference against a team that finished with a winning record. And that was Ooh. Creighton that finished one game over. Huh. So they just, you know, it just, it was not a compelling home schedule last year. It's much more so this year with those teams that you mentioned. Um, you know, you always have to look in the big 10 when you're talking about a 13 team league, that means you miss uh, with the way the imbalance scheduling is you're going to miss four teams every year. And so it's always notable to see, who that is, and Nebraska pretty much plays the contenders or the perceived contenders at least at the top going into this thing. So they're going to have to earn it. Uh, they tend to play pretty well at Haymarket Park, as most teams tend to play better at home. And, you know, again, in the Big Ten, it's not the SEC or the ACC where you have the opportunity to make statements every weekend. Um, that Iowa series, which falls on the spring game football weekend, mm-hmm. is going to be huge. Uh, the Indiana weekend is going to be huge. And so those are the ones where you want to obviously put your best foot forward and then you have to take care of business and 
some of the other ones, some of the other series uh, as well. And so uh, that's just kind of how it goes in the Big Ten. And I think, you know, that's always going to serve Nebraska well is, is you're going to have to get ahead now in the non-con and then make sure you don't give that back once you head into Big Ten play. As we look at the, the you know preseason standings here, Evan, I know you've put out your, your Big Ten power rankings and probably will throughout the season. Nebraska, you know, that, that fourth or fifth range typically for, for most prognosticators, is that a sign of respect for the Huskers bouncing back, as a respect for the depth, or is that just questions about the rest of the conference and kind of knowing that Nebraska's been up there before? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think Iowa was the clear favorite going in with Brody Brecht and Marcus Morgan. Those are as good of a one-two punch as you're going to find, certainly in the Big Ten, and uh, you know it's probably a top 25 for sure, mm-hmm. one-two combination in the country. Uh, Indiana brings back most of its offense, so there's a lot of proven contributors there, and they have, I think, enough on the pitching side to, to figure it out. And then, to me, there's, it's sort of a drop, and you've got sort of this middle class, upper middle class below that where you have Rutgers that's knocked on the door in recent years, Nebraska that puts – uh, as many resources into baseball as anybody in the league that cares about the sport as much as anybody. You have Michigan that's obviously gone uh, close to winning a national championship only a few years ago. They have a little bit of turnover, but tend to be pretty respectable. And then you kind of have below that, uh, that next group of teams that, that uh, you know, every now and again, maybe rises up to qualify for a spot. Your Purdue's, your Michigan State's, um, you know, I think Penn State will actually be decent this year. It's been a while since that's been the case. Maryland should still be okay, although I still think they're going to take a pretty big step back with what they lost. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think Nebraska's earned a little bit of benefit of the doubt there. I think the, with the players that they brought in and uh, just how this team is constructed, you can see how it can come together, but you just can't, you can't put them any higher than third, in my opinion, because there are a lot of pieces that have the upside, but they just haven't proven it yet. There you go. It's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us covering Husker baseball. I'm sure we'll talk Husker football throughout the spring as well. Evan, as always, appreciate the time. We'll look forward to uh, hearing about this Husker baseball weekend series next week. Thanks, Austin. See ya. There he is. He joins us on our Allo VIP line where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Strickle rejoin me on the other side. We are going to try some yummy food from the chocolate season. We've had Erica in before. She's brought some goodies for us. We'll give you the lowdown on what she brought to wrap up our one of On the Block in just a minute. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.